0: You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing, amazing guest here with me today. He doesn't know me or didn't know me until a few minutes ago, but I feel like I've known Marcus Sheridan for years. Ever since I read his brilliant book, They Ask You Answer for the first time, I think it was around 2016 or 17, just when it came out, and it is my top three most quoted business book. Not only did I read it numerous times, I gifted that book numerous times. I do not know how many times I gifted that book. I recommended it more than I gifted it. It is a brilliant book, and it answers some of the key questions that so many law firm owners and lawyers have had, and they were never able to truly answer it. And here you're going to get some of those questions answered. Marcus, Mm -hmm. welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, Sasha, it's my pleasure to be here. I got a feeling that uh, if you're listening to this right now, you're going to get some takeaways. You're going to get some value. That's the goal. 100%.
0: Marcus. Marcus. I feel like I know your story really well because I read your book more than once. If you don't mind, sharing it because it is so illustrious. It so illustrates the point that you have um, illustrated in the book so well. So if you don't mind, just start with your story.
1: Yeah. So you know, I started uh, – I didn't grow up wanting to be a pool guy. I kind of fell into it. Um, I had just gotten out of college. It was around 2001. My two buddies had just started a swimming pool company. And they asked me if I wanted to to work there. And I said, sure, until I find out what I want to do with my life. And after about uh, four five, six months of being there, they said, do you want to be a partner? I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a plan. So I became a partner to this company It's called River pools in Virginia. And uh, you know, we, sh- We struggled along and slowly grew the business, but then came the crash of 2008. I thought we were going to lose the business. I thought we were going to have to file bankruptcy. And that was the time that I started to really research online all these fancy phrases that today we take for granted, like inbound marketing or content marketing or social media or blogging. And, you know, really, Sasha, what I heard in my pool guy mind as I was researching this stuff is, you know, Marcus, if you just obsess over your customers, questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns, and you're willing to address those on your website through text, through video, you might save your business. So I said, well, this is my last shot. I got nothing to lose. And so I brainstormed every single question i had ever received from someone about a fiberglass swimming pool. Cause that's what we sold mainly fiberglass swimming pools and uh one by one over the next two years i would address these through text through video on our website with articles with videos etc and to make a long story short it became the most trafficked swimming pool website in the world and leads exploded our brand exploded trust exploded and of course sales exploded as well and uh we became the fastest growing uh, swimming pool company in the U.S. And then we started manufacturing fiberglass swimming pools. And uh, so it just took off. And, you know, during that time period, I, um, I started to write about what I had done with my pool company. And people started to reach out to me and say, you know, Marcus, could you teach my company how to do this? And so uh, I started a little agency that today is called Impact. And uh, now we've helped uh, probably thousands of companies implement this framework, which, of course, is would go on, on to call They Ask You Answer. And I wrote the book, They Ask You Answer, after all of this in 2017, first version came out, 2020, uh, 20, the second version came out. I actually have a third version that's going to come out uh, probably later on this year. Uh, but it's been an amazing ride because uh, well over 100,000 companies have read the book. Thousands have applied its teachings. If you want to become the most trusted brand in your space, it is a framework that works pretty much every single time. If you don't uh, shortchange the steps, a lot of people like to, you know, they like to skip steps. But if you don't shortchange it, if you, if you do it the right way, as I talk about in the book, you'll become that most trusted voice. Right. And that's what I think we're all after. And I think in any business, certainly when it comes to law, I mean, trust is is, is paramount to, you know, to an attorney's success.
0: Very well said. And I find that that today, unlike in 2008, when you were facing this existential crisis of your business, it is magnitudes easier to provide answers than it was 16 years ago. We're recording this in 2024. Yet so many law firm owners, so many lawyers are incredibly reluctant at doing exactly that.
1: Yeah, it's actually one of the worst industries in terms of really leaning into what your customer wants. Um, it's pretty sad, actually, because if you think about it, if, you know, if you say, so what exactly is they ask you to answer? It's the obsession with the questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns of your potential customer or client in this case, and the willingness to address those online through your website, through social, etc and what you see with so many attorneys is like they act like there's this like secret sauce that they have and nobody else has it and uh what's what's odd though is the studies show when it comes to the the uh when it it comes to hiring an attorney and any attorney worth their salt has heard this stat before that the first attorney that has an actual conversation with the prospect, with the potential client that has an actual conversation becomes the attorney roughly 70% of the time. So if you are the one that has the first conversation, you're golden. But if you are second or third or fourth or never reached out to, well, then you have a problem. And so you have this capability to, to win them, And to win their trust before you sit down in your office with them, before you shake their hand. Here's what we know to be true. That the average buyer today in the world of business, when somebody's making a decision, the average customer, the average buyer, goes through 80% of the buyer's journey before they'll reach out to the actual company. And so an attorney hearing that might say, I don't think it's like that in my case because, you know, somebody has... uh, you know, uh, some type of accident, some type of issue, it comes up and they just quickly reach out to an attorney. Well, that might happen on occasion. Certainly it does a certain percentage, but there is a lot of others where you have a problem, you have a legal issue, and you vet significantly multiple companies online, multiple attorneys, multiple firms online before you will reach out to any firm whatsoever. And the one that you're reaching out to is the one that made you feel something different than everyone else while you were vetting. And that was the one that was willing to talk about, was willing to show, was willing to be more human than any of those other firms that you just went through. And the other side to this is let's be honest. If we look, if we look at the legal space, the majority of websites they look the same. They feel the same. I swear, sometimes I think the exact same web designer has built every single website for every single attorney in the world. It's just crazy how similar they are. Now, somebody listening to this right now is already getting offended. And if you're getting offended by this, it's like, okay, let's let's get past that and accept reality for what it is. I have done so much Like at this, I mean, I've worked with attorneys. I understand the deal. I've hired attorneys, right? And I've represented them myself in terms of the marketing side of things. I know how this game is played. And I know many of them are still living in that world. Like it's 1995. The internet doesn't exist. That everything happens after the first physical handshake, right? And it's just like, come on, man. Or they're spending $4 billion a month on pay-per-click, Google AdWords, whatever you want to call it. You know, bidding on phrases like mesothelioma because, hey, you know, sure, why not spend $100 per click? Which, by the way, at one point, mesothelioma was the most expensive keyword on Google AdWords in the world, the most expensive in the world. And so you got all these law firms that are spending that much money. Now some, some are listening to this and saying, We don't do any, we don't do any ad we don't, you know, or Google Ads, we don't, you know, we don't do any paid. Well, fine, it doesn't matter. You still need to attract business. And this is B2B or B2C. So whether you represent companies, re- whether you represent just individual you know, clients, it doesn't change. They're vetting you to death, and they want to be comfortable and they want their questions and fears addressed before they Will reach out and the ones willing to do that more than anybody else they're going to achieve that trust that allows the person to say I'm going to fill out this form I'm going to make that phone call whatever it is
0: yeah and I've heard this story at an inbound event in 2014 I believe you spoke at inbound but not that year I think it was a few
1: years after that I have spoken every single year at inbound since its existence
0: Oh, really? Okay. So, I must have missed you in 2014, but in 2014, I was sitting at Inbound. Uh, For those who do not know, Inbound is the largest content marketing slash SEO slash inbound marketing conference there is in the world. And next to me was sitting a gentleman named Bob. And Bob and I started talking. Bob was a little bit older. He was probably in his late 50s at the time. And he told me that he's here because he's looking for the next big idea. And they asked him, what was the last big idea? And he said, well, I own four sleep clinics in the state of Alaska. And a few years ago, one of my phone reps, he had four at the time, approached me and said, Bob, people call us every day asking the same stupid questions. Yep. Why don't we create an FAQ section on the website? And whenever they call, we'll just tell them to go to the FAQ section. So Bob thought to himself, huh, it's a really stupid idea to send a caller to an FAQ section. But if they're looking for answers to these questions via phone, chances are there are probably more people who are looking for those answers online. So he comes up with this idea and he's like, listen, guys, for the next two weeks, all four of you, when you answer a call, have a legal notepad next to the phone. And every time you hear a question, you just write it down. So they do this for two weeks and they realize that they still get some unique questions. So they end up adding another week to it. In a span of three weeks, they uncover that there are 113 unique questions that they get asked on the phone. Beyond that, they feel like there are, there's nothing new that's coming up. So he tells his reps, he's like, listen guys, we're not going to create a 113 section FAQ section <laughs> on the website. Nobody's going to find anything there. So what we're going to do is for every question asked, we're going to write out an answer. And we're just going to ask our web developer to add a page with a question at the top and answer below. And you guys are going to be the ones who are going to write those answers. And they're like, no, we're not writing this. No way. And he's like, just write it how you would say it. Don't worry about grammar. Don't worry about anything. Just write out the answer. And he gives them something like three or four months to write it out. And for every page of content that they create, he tells web developer to add it to the website. So once they started adding all of those pages, what he noticed or what his web developer told him is that he started getting a lot more traffic to the website. Mm-hmm. And then he started noticing that the phone started ringing a lot more often. And then he started seeing a big time increase on his profit and loss statement. The top line oh, yeah. kept growing.
1: Yeah. And
0: after a few years, I think in 2012, he got a call from one of the major competitors from mainland. And they're like, Bob, we want to buy you out. And he's like, You want my clinics in Alaska? They're small. They're not interested in that. We want to buy your website. Mm -hmm. So Bob sold the website for $17 million because just like River Pools, I think that was the name of your pool company, became the source of all answers to all questions related to fiberglass pools. Bob's website became the source of all answers to all questions that had to do with Sleep disorders. Like you can't sleep at night. You're like, I'm going to go and see like why I'm not sleeping at night. 17 million bucks. He didn't know. There was no book. He just kind of walked into it just like you did. Executed on it without knowing the power of that. 17 million dollars.
1: And a lot of people that are listening to this, unfortunately, will say, but that's a sleep clinic. That's not a law firm.
0: That's a pool company. It's not going to work for me. Yeah, it's a
1: pool company. And what a tragedy that is, because the psychology of choosing someone to work with, whenever there's risk involved, money, whatever you want to call it, is the same. Yeah. You don't want to make mistakes. Yep. And so that's the choice that, that we have, right? And um, it's fascinating to me because if you think about it, the Internet was designed for attorneys because what can most attorneys do? Most can communicate pretty clearly. Most can get on video. They can articulate thoughts in a way that could be a jury, could be an audience, whomever could understand. So the internet's designed for these folks. It was designed for me, like fundamentally at my core, what am I? I am a teacher. I can boil ideas down into a very simple idea so that people can understand it. Instead of using a phrase like content marketing, I say a phrase like they ask, you answer. And then all of a sudden it makes sense to people, right? That's what the great attorneys do is they, is they are able to boil it down so clearly. It's like obvious to their audience. And the same thing here is, you know, I mean anybody today has a chance legitimately to become a media company. And if I am a, a lawyer today and I'm trying to build my brand, I'm trying to build my firm. What I'm saying is I need to become a media company. It doesn't mean that you know the traditional sense that we've heard, but what it means is that I am prolifically giving advice, I'm doing it online, I'm doing it through video, I'm doing it through multiple channels. If you're if you're a serious law firm and you don't have a full-time videographer in 2024, shame on you. It's like you are living in the stone ages. If I was a single attorney working on my own, I would have my first two hires, a virtual assistant and a videographer. Those are the first two hires that I would have. And it's crazy to me that so many folks won't won't think like that. Blow up your brand by answering these questions questions that are specific to your legal niche online tell us stories we want to hear the stories you don't have to use client names of course not but there's a lot of stories that you could be telling very few will do that and they'll still do traditional ways of advertising which you know they're only as good as the amount you want to spend per month i mean that to me is ridiculous i you know created the most traffic swimming pool website in the world and it's still the gift that keeps on giving. Just it's the snowball rolling down the hill, just getting bigger and bigger. That's amazing. That's a beautiful thing. Like the idea of having to spend thousands and thousands a month just to pay for some words or some ads or whatever to drive business when I could do it organically and I could do it essentially for free. It's just I, I can't even start to understand. I'm
0: imagining some minds exploding when they're listening to you, and their number one objection. But all the content that could have been created already created. But if I share everything that I know, why would they hire me? But I'm a lawyer; I cannot share all this information.
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot of those, and we can we can address uh, just you know a few of those. First off. I once, (laughs) I, before I became a professional speaker, that's what I do. I I mean, I, I travel the world. I speak, I work with companies, work with brands, help them become the most trusted voice online. And um, before I started doing that, I was speaking to the swimming pool industry. That's where I got my start, of course. And I once tracked that I had, Taught over a thousand swimming pool companies how to do what I did at my company, River Pools. I mean, I I gave them, I gave them the recipe, the whole cookbook. I just gave it to them. Said, "Here's how I did it." Do you know how many of those over one thousand companies did it even half as well as I did it at River Pools? Like maybe one. That's because you can take a horse to water, you can't make a drink. We've heard that phrase a million times. And so you can be rest assured that your, you know, all your competitors are not doing this. But let's just be hypothetical. Let's make an untrue statement. Let's say everybody's done they ask you answer in the legal space and they've done it exceptionally well, which is total BS, but we'll roll with that one. Okay, so let's say uh, a potential client um, is given you as a referral from one of their friends. Now, before they call you, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go to your website. And when they go to your website, what's going to happen? Are they going to be fed? Are their fears, issues, worries, concerns going to be addressed? Are you going to stand out? Because they might have gotten three or four referrals from other friends. Or are you going to appear like everybody stinking else? I mean, that's the choice that you can make. Are they going to get to know you? Are they going to get to get to hear your voice? when they come on your channel? Or are you just going to sit there on your about page with your arms folded across your chest and try to look like, you know, you're some stonewalled, you know, legal expert? I hope not. I hope you want to show that you have a soul and that you have some warmth because it's scary, as you know, reaching out to anybody in the legal space. And it can make or break your entire future, as we know. And so the idea... That it's, you know, that if everybody's doing it, we shouldn't do it. That's like saying, I don't want them to be fed when they come to my website. I don't want them to have a great experience. I don't want to stand out. The same rule applies to ChatGPT. Sometimes people say things to me like, hey, Marcus, what happens if when AI takes over the world and they just go to ChatGPT or some other tool and they say, hey, who's the best attorney? You know, For such and such type of litigation in Richmond, Virginia, and ChatGPT gives them the top three attorneys and that's who they call, like, okay, there's no search there, Marcus. What do we do then? First off, we know for a fact that those companies that have been doing They Ask, You Answer do much better in terms of recommendations from AI, including Chat GPT. We also know that still, when it comes to referral, whether the referral is from a human or the referral is from AI, they're going to your website to vet you before they reach out to you the majority of the time. That's a fact. That's not going to change anytime soon.
0: There's another side of the equation, and that is just because AI has made a big presence in the last year and a half doesn't mean that people will use it for search most of the time. And when they do, it doesn't mean that they will trust it. But the fact remains that when you get a professional referral, and most lawyers, when they get a referral, it's not a referral from a former client. It's usually a referral from another attorney. That attorney being a good person is not going to give just one referral. He is going to give you two or three names and people are, I agree, fearful when it comes to hiring attorneys. And the reason for that fear is number one, it's not even the fees. It's because we inherently understand that we do not know how to choose the right attorney. We just don't, just like we don't know how to choose the right doctor or the marketing company. These are complex decisions that are made very few times in our lifetimes. That's why we do not know how to choose right. That's
1: right. You were never so, educated in school how to hire an attorney.
0: Nope. So I think that a lot of people will probably start going to ChatGPT and asking, How should I select the best attorney for my divorce or for my accident Mm -hmm. or for my something else, estate planning? I think that there is a higher probability of ChatGPT sharing criteria that you would use for picking the right attorney, but not actually feeding you the right attorneys. I think people Mm -hmm. are smarter than that. And what we see is that because we're a search marketing company, we examine data that comes from Google all the time. Overwhelming majority of search as it's related to lawyers and legal services is informational search, it's not commercial intent, meaning people are looking for questions that have to do with the type of legal challenge that they're facing before they start looking for lawyers. I think the ratio is easily nine to one. So for every nine informational searches, there's only one commercial intent search.
1: Yeah, that well that, that's a that's a very good point. We know what it's what it's being used for is creation and ideation not recommendation Mm -hmm. and i suspect it's gonna it's gonna be a a little bit before it gets to the point where people are aggressively going there to your point for commercial intent
0: yeah and i think once again people will just keep on doing informational search before they reach out to any lawyer and Mm -hmm. today it's so easy to create content even Even if you do not have budget for an in-house
1: videographer, okay. It's called a phone. You you have this, $10
0: tripod. You're good to go.
1: Yeah. Better than any camera they were using in Hollywood 20 years ago.
0: So true. It is so easy to create content yet over what, and we have so many clients in the space who would rather us write content for them than them spending an hour, two hours a month in front of this and recording very, very simple answers to very, very simple questions that they get
1: every single day. That's incredibly asinine. That's like outsourcing your closing arguments to someone. What, what? Are you serious? Yeah, but that's how people think sometimes, man. They don't get it. I mean, they don't get it, but I'm serious. If you're outsourcing your content, I want you to think, would I outsource my closing arguments? And if you would, well, go right ahead and outsource your content. Yeah. But if you wanted to really represent you and have your style, your soul, well, then you need to be a part of the creation process.
0: Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons why only 0.375% of all law firms past the $10 million threshold, meaning generate at least $10 million in annual revenue. It's the unwillingness to do the uncommon, no matter how easy it is to do the uncommon. This is not like hard labor sitting in front of a phone, not the videographer, but even the phone and just Mm -hmm. answering those questions. Like for God's sake, I do it, you do it. Like I crank out at least 20 videos a month, at least. Mm Mm-hmm. 16 of them are created in one sit down, yeah. once Just, a month.
1: You stack them up, man. I mean, you can, it's amazing how many videos you can produce in one day. And then you can have, you know, somebody, you know, post them, edit them, post them for you. All you got to do is show up and talk, which is what we're really good at anyway. Yeah.
0: So here we are, two guys who know how this works and how valuable it is trying to convince the world or whoever is listening that this is really important. I think those people who may be sitting on the fence as the result of listening to this, I think that they would greatly benefit by reading your book. They ask you answer. I listened to the book. I did not read the book. I listened to the audio book two, three, four times. Once at the very beginning when it just came out and then a couple of times, times later, when I was preparing to talk to my internal team and convince them, of what needs to get done in order to improve on the results and do it faster. It is a lot faster to follow your formula than it is to sporadically do things Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: you really lay out the formula. The book is available on Amazon. The author is Marcus Sheridan. The title of the book is, They Ask You Answer. Now, when I was prepping for this interview, I learned that you published another book that I've never heard of. I want you to talk about that one because I think the theme is similar But the media is different.
1: Yeah, I I publish a book with a, um, uh, with a friend Tyler Lassard who's with Vidyard, and the title of the book is The Visual Sale, and it's just how to use video to uh, build your brand, win more trust, and close more deals. And um, it is a, you know, it's complimentary certainly to They Ask You Answer, but. You know, your ability to use video today, man, it's just so crazy. And this is what I meant when I said, you you need to say, I'm going to be a media company. I'm going to treat my business like a media company. You treat it like a media company, you're going to go far. Clearly, you're doing that, Sasha. You're saying like, I'm, you know, popping off 16 videos in a day that I can distribute now over the course of a month. Like that's, that's so efficient. That's so smart. That's treating your business like a media company. So yeah, the visual sale is out there and it's very video specific.
0: Yeah, check out that book. By the way, just a side note on that. About two years ago, I stopped writing emails if an email required more than three sentences. I just don't. I have in Google Chrome, I have a Vimeo extension. It's a little icon. I click on it and then I hit record. And then I record a video that has a lot more passion in it hmm And people get the video messages, the meaning, so much better. I have a very dear friend of mine. He's a nice guy. Every time he fires off an email, he sounds like an asshole. He doesn't mean to. Doesn't mean if to. You, Some I'm but telling but you, that's video, right. Some people just sound very
1: terse with their t- with their text. It misses yep. all of the nuances of what is the spoken word.
0: Mm-hmm. But I do not want to think about those nuances. When I record a video, they just come through naturally. Mm-hmm. But if I have to write it, it takes me three times the amount of time. Right now, I'm obsessing over grammar and other things, but in video, we don't. So I think that like, if you're having a hard time with the concept of creating content, you can start with emails and then advance forward to actually, again, I'm a huge proponent of this. I have a fancier camera sitting on top of my computer, and this is how I record all my videos, but you don't have to. Like if you don't want to spend thousand bucks, eight five hundred bucks on DSLR camera, you could do it with this
1: thing. You That's already
0: right. have it. It's just I love the quote from Jim Rohn: "What's easy to do is also easy not to do." <laughs> and most people just find it easier not to do those things that are easy to do. That guy from Sleep Clinic and you back in two thousands, you had a harder journey. You actually had to write those things out. Today you don't have to. You can create video, and your marketing team will write it all out, thus killing more than one bird with one stone. That's
1: there's exactly video, right. there's
0: written content. You can repurpose those videos for your social media, for your website, slice it and dice it, create text content based on videos. It's it's amazing. Um, aside from the books, Marcus, if somebody wanted to connect with you and see the other work that you do, and you're a very dynamic speaker, I've watched some of your speeches online. Never seen you speak live. I should. Uh, where could they see more of your
1: content? Well, you can uh, you can find me at MarcusSheridan.com. Uh, you can reach out personally, marcus at marcusheridan.com. Also have an agency, impactplus, impactplus.com. And there there's just a ton, unbelievable amount of they ask you answer information, uh, free video courses on the things that you know we teach, what we've talked about today. Um, so incredibly helpful. So I would certainly recommend that as well. So that's impactplus.com. But yeah, if you're listening to this right now, I hope you I hope you connect with me. Um, I'm great on LinkedIn. And so if we're not connected on LinkedIn, go ahead and reach out on LinkedIn.
0: Marcus, it was amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction,
1: growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.